HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by 100 Bogart Street, the brand new co-working space in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Learn more at 100bogart.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Hello, welcome to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer, and we are coming to you live from Roberta's Restaurant in Bushwick, Brooklyn. It is Wednesday, August 9th, 2017. This is the 151st episode of the series, which is dedicated to behind-the-scenes talents in the hospitality industry. Today, my guest is a super-talented graphic and web designer, and I'll introduce him fully in a moment. First, as I do on every show, I will start out with my PR tip, and then later we will have my speed round game, a special call-in guest and chef interviews from the James Beard Foundation's Chefs and Champagne event, and my solo dining experience, and then the final question. As the founder of Bayer Public Relations, I'm going to tip the show off with my PR tip of the week. So today's tip is on niceness. Now, really, this should go without saying, but I'm saying it. We should all be kind to one another and expect kindness in return. Perhaps you've heard someone say that being nice in business doesn't pay off. Well, I'm going to disagree. Niceness wins in the long run. Being a nice person will earn you respect as someone who others want to work with time and time again. So be nice, as niceness is everything. That's my tip today. My nice tip today. Now, I am very happy to have my guest in the studio. He's a very nice guy. His name is Jason Wright. He's the founder of J. Wright Design, a New York-based graphic and web design studio for a wide range of industries, including restaurants and hospitality, endurance sports, and new business. With over 15 years of experience in advertising, graphic design, and web development, Jason combines the versatility of a big design agency with the personal attention of, of a small design boutique. He founded his firm almost two decades ago, creating branded identities, websites, objects, packaging, clothing designs, and more for his clients worldwide. 
Welcome, Jason. Ah, good to be here. Good to have you here yeah. at Bushwick. By the way, I agree with the uh, niceness tip. Oh, good. Yeah, I think that's how I lasted for so long uh, in the industry. I think short term, uh, being a jerk and being a businessman or whatever, uh, that does pay off. But long term, I think niceness wins out. Cool. Yeah. I, obviously, I agree. And yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's good to be nice. You want to work with good people and nice. I mean, we spend so much time doing work. I feel you need to surround yourself by, by people you like. I think that's it. That's also how I, I get most of my business, too, is all referrals. And if you're a jerk, you know, it all dries up. Right. That's how it works. Yeah. Ditto. Yeah. yeah. Well, cool. So how did you get into into what you're doing? I, I looked back. I know you have a, a bit of a background in advertising. Which, yes. What led you, led you to that? So I went to Emory, which is in Atlanta. Um, and after school, you know, I started out pre-med. Then I was going to go into architecture. So I took all the classes and all that stuff. Um, but I wasn't into it. So I got a job right out of school uh, for a place called Frick's Firestone, which at the time had um, value jet. I don't know if you remember them, but uh, Papa oh, yeah, John, yeah, 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 and then they crashed, and the whole business went <laughs> bottom up, and basically they fired their whole staff. And I was at the time uh, an intern, and then I became an art director uh, because they basically fired everybody, and they could pay me nothing for it. Uh, but one of their biggest clients was Papa John's, so I was basically thrown into doing all their advertising, writing um, commercial spots, and all this stuff that I absolutely should should not be doing. I had no business doing it. Um, but I was, you know, I was flying out all over the place, right out of school. I mean, it was crazy. Um, but there was a time where they were looking to me for expertise and I just, I didn't have it. I mean, I was just right out of school and I, I, I had, I guess, some talent, just natural, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. instincts and, and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, from a design perspective, I had nothing. So I went back to school. I went to Pratt, got my master's at Pratt. Um, and around that time, that's when I started my, my company. And, um, you know, again, being from Atlanta and then graduating school in the city and the prospect of starting a business here didn't sound too good just because um, designers as a whole don't make a whole lot of money. So I moved back to Atlanta, started my own place, and it just took off from there. Just took off from there. You, so you started your own place, not, but you didn't want to go back into advertising. No. So part of also what I was doing, so again... Um, you know, as an agency, and it was a big agency at the time. I mean, Papa John's, I think, was like a ten million dollar client for them, and they had, yeah, you know, huge, yeah, they huge had client. they had Snapper lawnmowers and like a bunch of all these big big clients. So to support that and the location, I mean, you just have to just come up with ways to sell and 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 push the clients to spend money and that sort of thing. And uh, I remember when StarTac phones. You remember StarTac phones? The little flip phones. They're like the first flip, flip phone, phone ever. Yeah, uh-huh. um, I was doing uh, a billboard in Picayune, Louisiana or something like that for a StarTac phone. It was, t- it was, it was just terrible, you know? And, and uh, you know, when you drive down the highway, and I've, I've never been to Picayune, Louisiana, but here I am basically making their place kind of uglier. Um, yeah, that wasn't for me. And, and also with Papa John's at the time, we were doing all these leaflets that would come in the mail. It, it just wasn't my thing. So I wanted to actually help businesses directly do what they do instead of just sort of put out schlocky stuff. Right. That makes so, sense. So who was the first client of yours or one of the first when you were back in Atlanta? It's a good question. Um, I don't know. Well, again, so I do a lot of work in the restaurant business, the food and restaurant business, but I also do a lot of other things. As I said, mm-hmm. stuff for endurance and um, 
just I'm all the all, all over the place, veterinary places, everything like that. But the bulk of my business is in the food industry, and I, I would say you know one of the first ones was uh, Ted's Montana Grill. Oh yeah. Um, so I was working with uh, another place called um, Olive Studio at the time, and um, yeah, when we when we finished that one up, that was that was great. So I mean, starting out, it, it was it was amazing to see a how easy it is to get business, mm-hmm. right? Um, also, at the time, this is when, like, you know, Photoshop started getting big. Uh, we, I was doing Flash websites, you know, that sort of thing, which, you know, we don't do any of that stuff now. But at the time, it's pretty amazing how it used to be where you had this giant agency, and that's who you went with. And then here I am, and I could come along and basically do almost everything that they could do at a fraction of the cost, faster and better and actually more interesting than what they were doing. And at the time in Atlanta, there was kind of nobody doing it. So I just sort of pushed right forward and I was young and stupid and just, you know, pitched it and and it wound up working out. Yeah. I had a flash website. Yeah. I think everybody (laughs) did. I I actually still, I still like them. You know, back in the day I did a lot of um, movie websites and in terms of pitching a movie and I get it now, you know, they didn't have iPhones or any of that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff back then. But um, in terms of pitching a movie, it really builds the whole movie being able to do the animations and the sound and this and that. And I understand why it all kind of went away, but I, I kind of miss a lot of it. Yeah. You know? So what, how, when and when did you decide to move to, back to New York and why? And, and, and what is it about the restaurant industry like that? You know, did you just happen to get clients in the food industry or are you drawn to it? That's interesting. So living in Atlanta, um, you know, I still had a lot of contacts from from New York. I'm still, you know, I grew up in New York and that sort of thing. Um, And actually, actually, one of one of the first clients I had, uh, Will Goldfarb, who had a show here. He lives in Bali now. And I've actually been working with him for. Room for dessert. Room for dessert, right? So now he's got room yeah. for dessert in Bali. Which, I want to go. Oh, have you been? I have. Well, I've been to Bali, but I haven't been to his room for dessert. I want. Yeah, I want to go. Some well, one of these days, I'll go, <laughs> I'll go back. It's just it's such a long I, I, trip. It's a long trip. I think it's so cool. He's he just moved there and is doing his thing. Oh, he's killing it. He's always doing his thing. Yeah, and, and I'd say to a certain extent, um, seeing him do his thing inspired me to just do my thing. Yeah. Um, and, and like I said, if you have the ambition and you have the talent and um, like you're saying, being nice to people, it, it really does open up a lot of doors. Um, and, you know, I helped him with a lot of his gigs. Um, and through that, he introduced me to some people. So, for example, Amic, that's how I met Ann McBride from the Culinary Institute of America. Um, and that kind of opened up everything. So um, yeah. during that time in Atlanta... Um, you know, it's a very small town, and I had clients at this point in California and New York and overseas and all this stuff, and living in Atlanta just wasn't helping it um, in terms of the perception of who I was and what I was doing. So moving to New York actually really just took everything to another level, especially when I could meet clients in the city or in Brooklyn or whatever. Um, I mean, it's, it's just night and day. Yeah, so... And the yeah. money's better, so... I, 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 well, I, I would, yeah, I would think, I think it was, I would think there would be, there would be more opportunities here just by the size yeah. of, of New York. Um, and our friend, Ann McBride, I'm assuming. Yes. So she, is that how you got your foot in the door with the CIA? CIA for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I started working with them. Oh man. Years, year, uh, I don't know, 2011, 12, something like that. Years, I, uh, you know, and, um, we started with the Worlds of Flavor, which is their conference that they have in Napa, which 
I didn't go to for, I don't know, four years or something like that working on it. It is unbelievable. I've been now there. twice. Oh, my God. Back to back. It's I great, right? I to go back next year. It's, it's an amazing conference. And I think people who listen to my show know the CIA stands for the Culinary Institute of America, but I'll make that clear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no confusion. Um, but it's it's a it's a outstanding conference. So you do or you you do all of the graphic yeah. design work? Did you do the website? Did um, you So yes. So um yeah, over the years. So every year I do just all the graphics for it, all the signage, all the brochures, all that stuff. We're actually working on a revamp because I think they're going on 20 years or something like that this year. I think um, so. So we're working on a whole new branding for that. Um, as far as the website, I designed it. So they basically throw in the, the, the designs that I do for it. Did, um, did you work on the app they had? I didn't. The app? App it's pretty good. Really, yeah, pretty really good. great app for a conference. I was impressed. Yeah. It was very easy to navigate and with so much going on. But everything, everything involved in that conference is just so well executed and, and beautiful work. As as it kind of should be. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're the <laughs> leaders of the industry, you know. So I do that, you know, for them. I also do menus of change, um, mm-hmm. which... Uh, which I was just at this year. Yes. A, second time there, too. Right. Yeah. Which you know, helps sort of drive policy and how people think about food and that sort of thing. And to be honest, that that's, yeah, I, I like that aspect of it. You know, I've been doing this now. Uh, I, I need to update my site and stuff like that, but yeah, it's going to be 20 years this year. So I've been in business for 20 years and, uh, oh, wow. you know, you do a restaurant, you do this, you do that. And it and, and like I said, going back to the advertising, there's so much, there's only so much, um, selling that I want to do in my career. Uh, and it's nice that this is sort of helping guide America, at least, to be healthier and um, think about the food they're eating and that sort of thing. Yeah. How is it, though, working with such a big corporate it's a great, uh, right. <laughs> entity? I mean, I would think there's a lot of people involved in decisions. Or, yes. I mean, is it is it hard to, to uh, what's the process like? I don't know how to be PC about anything, <laughs> but let's just let's say say um, so because they're affiliated with a school. There's certain things that they have to adhere to, right? Certain standards and that sort of thing. They can't just wing it, and I understand that. Whereas opposed to if I'm working for a restaurant, you know, it's basically the chef or the owner or something like that I'm working with, and they go, you know, it's just a yes or no question, and we just move on. Uh, that doesn't really happen. But that all, it's just it's completely different project but yeah it it is difficult um i'd say you know 60 70 percent of my job is basically figuring out what people want more than actually designing or doing anything out anything else it's just figuring out what they want and i think a lot of that if you do a lot of um exploration work up front you can get to the solutions way faster yeah. How do you figure it out? Is it spending a lot of time with them? It's it's spending time with them, um, just doing sort of brainstorming sessions. Um, to be honest, um, well, CIA, again, it, it, it's sort of a different, they're, they're way different than most of my other clients. But if, if you're dealing with anything else, I usually have a questionnaire that I've sort of honed over the years. And it asks the same question maybe 10 or 15 times in different, in different ways. ways. And, you know, they might answer it one way one question and another way and another question. And then I could do follow-up questions that, that sort of narrows it all down. And so when it comes to the actual solution, when I design it, I, I mean, I'm, we're almost there almost every single time. I Does that like make sense? that. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's a good strategy yeah. or approach. 
So, for example, one of the questions I ask is, um, you know, if, if your restaurant was a celebrity, what would it be? And, you know, everybody kind of thinks that's like one of those, you know, cheesy, hokey questions or whatever. But th- the answer that they give, it's spot on to what they want, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know? Did you ask that to the CIA? I'm uh, just kidding. Well, no. <laughs> no, but, that's but again, more so a some question. Of the, well, yeah. so some of the... the uh, Did again, you ask but, that to Morimoto? Um... No, but he had, you know, again, so, you know, he has a sense about him. Um, I will say one of the things that they wanted to get away with. And again, I don't don't know how much I want to say about it, but, you know, he has this perception of this, this kind of tough, you know, you know, iron chefy type guy. Mm -hmm. And in reality, he's like a happy, fun guy. So how do you marry the two is sort of what we're sort of working on. Um, but yeah, I mean, some of the people that are already established, it's it's one thing. But even, you know, for example, I do work with John Frazier. Um, he's not as established in terms of the, the public persona. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot more to work with. And I think it's less about him and more about the restaurant. Um, and each one of his restaurants have a different tone and a different feel. And, uh, you know, that it's my job to get that out of him. Yeah. No, it's 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 cool. No, and I get it. And yeah. on that note, we're going to take a little break. So uh, stay with us. This is all in the industry on Heritage Radio Network. Street is finally open and ready for Bushwick. 100 Bogart is a brand new, state-of-the-art co-working space that provides turnkey workspaces, including open layout desks, meeting spaces, and furnished private offices. Members have access to top-notch amenities such as custom furniture, high-speed internet, spacious kitchenettes with coffee and tea, printers, scanners, and much more. Alongside their professional work environment, 100 Bogart also provides exclusive educational programming for any curious entrepreneur. Heritage Radio Network has made their new office home at 100 Bogart and will host many events there in the future. For more information about their co-working space, visit 100bogart.com and become a member to network, create, and educate. Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guest today is Jason Wright, the founder of J. Wright Design, a New York-based graphic and web design studio for industries including restaurants and hospitality. So uh, we're talking about these these chef clients you have. You have yeah. Morimoto. You have Jeff, Chef John Frazier. I mean, do, are these ongoing projects that – I mean, Morimoto keeps – he always seems to be opening new places all the time. Like he has Momo-san. Yeah. Um, and like, how's, are you, are you, are they long-term relationships and how are you continuing to work with them and like keep, is it reinventing their brand or I don't know. It depends. So actually, yeah. So I've been working for them long-term. Um, John, for example, I think I've been working for him for 10 years now, you know, as I worked on Dovetail. So we've, I mean, he's changed that space three or four times already. I think we've changed the website three or four times, but, um, yeah, I mean, 
in terms of clients, I would say I have more long-term clients than I have the one-offs. Um, but that said, once we're done with a project, I sometimes don't talk to them for two or three years till they have another one. So I just have lots and lots of clients like that. So yeah, sort of until keep it they're going. ready when until the ready. new restaurant's opening or some some changes yep. coming through. And I have a lot of openings actually that are coming up. But you know, again, I don't know if I could talk about yeah. them or not. You, you know, have to come back and tell us. Uh, I would love to. <laughs> <laughs> so what what let's talk a little about trends. Like what trends in graphic or web design? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about flash. Is yeah. no longer Gone. around. Yeah. Is there something you're seeing or something you're excited about? Well, what I am excited about is this, is that there was a time where I was considered sort of like a web guy. And the reality is, is I'm, you know, I went to Pratt, I got my master's. So I'm, I'm classically trained, if you want to say that way. Um, I hate working on the web. I hate making websites, um, <laughs> but I'm good at it mm-hmm. and there's a need for it. And that's how I got into it. Um, you know, back in the day when I was doing Flash, it was great because I was learned. I learned how to program, animation, sound. It was. A, it was a. You know, you got to really get your hands into every aspect of the design, rather than just let's say a printed piece or something like that. Um, the other thing I liked about it was that it was sort of instant. So um, there was a lot we could do. So now that Flash is gone, well, thank God that that's gone because it also ate up a ton of time. Basically, the trend is that we could focus on design now more than ever. Uh, to build a site is no big deal. You know, um, whenever I talk to a new client in the restaurant industry, um, there's a big concern about the website, and there's a big concern about social media, and there's a big concern about all these things that you're supposed to have, supposed to, supposed to. Um, not at the expense of the restaurant, but you know, at the end of the day, if the restaurant's good, you're going to do well. And I, I tend to view it more as not necessarily an accent, but just as if you're going to plate a dish, it's got to look beautiful. All your other graphics, everything needs to look beautiful. And does it need to be a fancy website at this point? Absolutely not. And it probably shouldn't. Um, but like you, you talk about social media, um, I find a lot of restaurants focusing so much on social media, and, it, and I'm not saying that's not important because it is, but the issue is there's a matter of money and manpower, and whenever you're starting a restaurant, I mean, it, it costs so much money, especially in Manhattan, it's ridiculous, and they don't have the time, and so what happens is they focus on these social posts that are kind of throwaways and nobody really cares, when the reality is they're actually caring more about the chef and what they're doing rather than like, hey, we have an opening or something like that. And I'm not saying that they get it wrong, it's just that the priorities I don't always think are in the right place. Right. So, so in terms of trends, you know, everybody likes to follow the trends and follow the social media. But, but if, for example, um, Zach Zach Palacio, for example, Mm -hmm. did Fatty Crab, you know, he's like a dynamic personality. So yeah, man, do social media like crazy. That, that's makes sense. But if there's another chef that doesn't have this sort of, you know, let's say they're more, um, introspective or whatever. Right. You have to find, do your voice. Yeah. You do your Mm -hmm. voice. And Mm -hmm. if, and if you're not up for it, just don't do it. I mean, I, to a certain extent, I should be doing social media all the time and sort of practicing what I preach. But I find I'd, I'd rather make money. I'd rather go out and meet people. I'd rather do all that stuff rather than posting something um, because I found it, it doesn't make me any money. It's, it's never made me money. So, you know, it, you know, business isn't all about money, but it, it is about relationships. And on social media, it's not really a relationship. I mean, it could be, but it's not yeah. really. 
I well, as a PR person who also does social oh, media, yeah, no. yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I think the industry is changing. I think it is a big trend right now, and everyone. I think it is important to be on and and um, Instagram, especially yeah. for chefs and the visual. Um, it can be very time consuming, and mm-hmm. and what the return is. I think I think it's we're, 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 we'll see and how how things will change. Yeah. I do think with websites, I know um, restaurants. Uh, you know, used to always just get get killed by the media or picked on by being too complicated. You can't find any always. information on a restaurant uh, website always. where people want to know where you're located. They want to see the menu when you're open, and that's you know, and and beautiful pictures definitely. But it's it's not only that. Help sell it. He, he, this goes also back to the social media. Um, I did a site where the hours were the first thing that you see on the page. But yet it was criticized that they couldn't find the hours. So no matter what you do, <laughs> you, you're going to get killed to some extent. I and what, think, yeah, yeah, I think it's the tab sometimes. Like everyone, you have the about, you have info. You don't know what to click on to find the hours. You know what okay. I mean? <laughs> but that's the thing. It said hours and it's like hours. And then plus on the homepage, yeah. it also said, you know, the hours. That, you, you can't win. You just, you can't win. And the thing with social media is that you listen to that one person that said, oh, this sucks or whatever it is. And then you get killed, and then I get a phone call, and then it's, come on, you know. But honestly, I think to a certain extent, it's not going to go away. There's always a place for it, just like there's always going to be a place for websites. People were saying that, you know, if you look up a restaurant, they have the links to um, open tables, comes comes up right away, and and Yelp and all that stuff comes up right away. So why do you even really need a website? And the reality is people still go. So I think you still need a website. It's still, it's your page. I mean, it's... I don't know. I think your website needs to be adaptable to the phone, sure, sure, which is yeah, something yeah. that probably that's, changed. Yeah, like, yeah, that, well, like 10 years ago, I mm-hmm. don't think people were thinking about that. Now mm-hmm. it's common. Yeah. You know, everyone's looking at their phone. Mostly that's where they're going on the Internet, too, when they're out well, and about looking for a restaurant. Well, you say everyone, but if Not you look me, at the stats, maybe, but, but if you yeah. that's a, that's a thing. And this is also what I try to tell my clients. Mm-hmm. You look at the stats, more than half are actually looking on a computer. Um, I, I'm not. This is not to say it's alienating anybody, but you you have to respond to everything. And like I said, money is you know it's not infinite. They don't. There's only oh, so I much you could that. do. I know right? that. <laughs> so so to focus. So this is what I'm saying. Then it comes back to certain mm-hmm. things that they do. It's what what are we going to focus on? Let's get that. Let's be successful, and then let's do phase two or phase three or whatever it is. Um, and and I like I said, most of my job is wrangling the clients to, to try to get them to focus on what, what is real and what they need to present to, to, right. to the clients, whatever. But, um, yeah. yeah. Well, let me ask you my question I had from my last guest on episode 150. I had on Gail Green, oh. the insatiable critic. Mm. Um, and for people who don't know, I think everyone knows, but she's the former restaurant critic at New York Magazine and the co-founder of City Meals on Wheels, which she co-founded with James Beard. So she wants to know, can you enjoy food at a place that's shabby looking and not fabulous and you had nothing to do with? And what would that place be? Yes, 100 <laughs> percent. No, I um, Yeah, I do get to eat at a lot of really, really amazing places. But for the most part, no, I, you know, like even in my town, uh, there's a clam shack that, that we go to. That's like the only place that we go to. In my town. Where's your town? Uh, Port Washington. Okay. A place called Butler's Flat. Um, it's just a clam shack right on the yeah. right in the marina, and that's it. I mean, it's like one of two places that 
are worth going to in my town, I think. So, sounds, I want to go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would prefer that over anything. Just eating some oysters or something like that. Mm-hmm. Anything anything by the water, honestly, is for I'm with me. you. Okay. But yeah, I owe her some, uh, a gret, uh, some gratitude because she uh, tends to review my clients very positively. Uh. So it's, it's affected me very positively. Okay. Yeah. Well, shout out for Gail. Yeah. She's amazing. She's been going at it for so long. I know. I know. And on that note, let's take another break, and then we're going to come back. We're going to play my speed round game, and then I have a special guest calling in, and I'm going to uh, play some interviews from the James Beer Foundation's Chefs and Champagne. So stay with us. of Feast Meets West on Heritage Radio Network. Feast Meets West traces the stories of your favorite Asian foods, from their origins to what they mean in today's food culture. Tune in on Wednesdays, 8 p.m. to hear my co-hosts Iris and I interview chefs, restaurateurs, and other food experts about Asian cuisine. Support my show and all of Heritage Radio Network's programming. Go to heritageradionetwork.org and click on the beating heart to become a member today. Okay, we're back. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guest today is Jason Wright of J. Wright Design. It's time for my speed round game. All right. So, Let's do it. All right. I'm going to name I'm a couple things. You pick your preference. All right. Here we go. Eat in or eat out? Eat in. Okay. I'm cheap, and I like to eat really <laughs> good food, so I like, we, we cook a lot. Cook a ton. All right. I guess you're a good cook. Yeah. Or, or your wife is. Uh, I, I do all the cooking. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> How about wine, beer, cocktail, or mocktail? Um, drink a beer. Beer. I'll say beer. All right. Beer. Tasting menu or a la carte? Oh, tasting menu. For sure. I'd rather have them choose what I'm going to eat. I have no problem with that. Cool. Small plates or large plates? Small plates. Communal table or chef's counter? Chef's counter. Tipping or all-inclusive charge? All-inclusive charge by a mile, in my opinion. Okay. Yeah. I, th- I think it's I think it's just time for change. I think that yeah. it's, it's just much easier. Here's the building, you're done. That's it. Danny Meyer would agree. <laughs> <laughs> How about um, menus of change or worlds of flavor? Oh, oh, good question. Um, hmm. Man, I like Napa though, so I'll say <laughs> no. But I'll say I'll yeah. say menus of change just because I think it's a little bit more important for the world, but. Worlds of flavor for all the fun of it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They're both beautiful campuses. Napa. Napa's. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Napa. Napa's <laughs> Napa. How about um, Papa John's pizza oh. or Coca Cola? 
or Coca-Cola? Was that a part? I thought that was a, oh, yeah, something I did, yeah, you I worked, worked on, too. too. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I try to forget that, though. Um, <laughs> then I think yeah. I know who wins I'd, that one. No, I'd, I'd say Coca-Cola for sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Two more. Cheese plate or dessert? Ooh. Mm. Neither. After, after dinner drink. That's probably what I... Okay. Yeah. Manhattan or Brooklyn? Oh, or or Atlanta, I guess I could need to throw Manhattan, Atlanta. for sure. Manhattan. All right. Yeah. Great. That was the game. I don't have the beard for Brooklyn. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> awesome. So for industry news today, we're not going to do a discussion. Instead, I have a special guest and chef interviews from the James Beer Foundation Chefs in Champagne, which took place on Saturday, July 29th at Wolfer Estate Vineyard in the Hamptons. So on the phone, I have Shelly Minaj. She is the manager of special projects and student programs at the James Beard Foundation. And uh, are you there, hey. Shelly? That I am. Hey, Sherry. Thanks for having me on. Oh, you're welcome. I'm so glad to have you and to, to talk some chefs and champagne with you. So yeah. it, was a, it was a lovely event. It was my second time out there. How many years has, has the festival been going on and, and how many years have you been involved? Chefs and Champagne started in 1991 when it was a membership um, event, you know, reminding the summer uh, Hampton folks that, you know, come back to New York, we'll have some great, you know, dinners for you at the Beard House, you know, remember these chefs that you've missed all summer. Um, and I got involved in uh, 97. Uh, I took it from a very small event and, you know, moved it to, uh, to Wolfer Estate and, uh, you know, grown it ever since. So this was your 20th. I know. Crazy, right? <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, and I, and I, I love it every single year. And every year I, I challenge myself and I forget how hard I worked the year before. <laughs> well, it's such a well done event. How do you, how do you, how do you get, how do you decide which chefs to participate? I know there's over 40 involved. Right. We have so many chefs who want to participate, and we do, unfortunately, have to, you know, to limit it. I can only grow it so much. Um, and I try to strike a balance between um, some new hot places, some well-established places. Um, I ventured into Brooklyn more than ever this year um, and was very happy with the results of that. We have uptown, we have downtown chefs, um, and several chefs from uh, around the country want to come and participate. And so it's... Um, we were very fortunate to have a lot of chefs interested. Yes. And what about Marcus Samuelson being the uh, the honoree this year? I think he, he's been the honoree in the past. Is that an... No, we no? haven't had a repeat oh, okay. in all the years. Oh. Um, Marcus, though, if you, um, I'm not sure if you were still there when we brought Marcus to stage, but he has cooked um, the most at the Beard House um, over 25 times. I think this this past week it was like his 26th time cooking at the house. But Marcus um, embodies, you know, all the wonderful things in and um, our honorees. He's philanthropic. He's a fabulous chef. He's highly regarded by his peers. He's a fabulous restaurateur um, and just an all-around great guy. So we were so happy that he agreed to be our honoree. Yeah, no, I I agree with all that. I think he's 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 wonderful and a great great honoree to have. Yeah. And, and what about the champagne part of the event? Is is that just one sponsor or or yes, we have been fortunate to um, almost always have one exclusive sponsor, and uh, Veronda Rothschild has come back. We reported this is our second year in a row. Um, they are a wonderful company to work with, and their champagne is delicious. 
So we're very happy to have them, and we look forward to working with them again. Great. I also have to note that you have the best, nicest uh, porta potties. Thank you. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm saying that I had to throw it out there because you go to some of these events, and I don't know. It's it's you wouldn't even know you were outside on a on a on a grass field. Very oh. lovely. That's, you know, it's the it's the little things that I strive um, very hard to, to uh, secure for our guests and, of course, our chefs. And, um, you know, making them, everybody as comfortable as possible. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you yeah. definitely achieved that. And then I just found out that um, uh, HRN's, our, our Julia Child fellow, uh, Jordan Werner, was also James Beard scholarship recipient. Um, mm-hmm. So I just wanted to, to uh, I know, I heard she was presented an award at Chefs and Champagne. I, I missed that. Um, I think I left before that happened, but I thought that was, that was awesome. Yes. We have been, I want to say about 10, 12 years now, we've been awarding a Christian Wolfer um, scholarship to a, um, a very worthy recipient. So we're very pleased to continue that, that program. Well, cool. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. I mean, I've, I, I think it's, you do such an incredible job and everything at James Beard, I think is always so well executed, but it's, it's definitely one of the, one of the nicest, um, events uh, of the year. And, uh, I'm glad the weather also, uh, yeah, w- we was were kind. Lucky, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we, we seem to think so too. It's our staff's um, favorite, you know, out of house event. As hard as everybody works, they get to really enjoy, I mean, you can't, you can't, fault that beautiful space that we're you know we get to to play on yes thank you so much for having me it was it was outstanding and my pleasure thank you for calling in Shelly and I'm going to um I'm going to let you go and now I'm going to play back some clips I have from with uh, chef interviews I talked to Humio Onazawa Galen Zamara and Shane McBride so take a listen okay uh Humio Onazawa from Dungeons Tokyo from John George Tokyo, which yes. I've been to, lucky me, and that's where we met. Oh, yes, that's true. Yes, yes. yes. So what are you doing here in the Hamptons at Chefs and Champagne? Chefs and Champagne, yeah, we, uh, you know, like the company called Gokokuya, they're like Japanese companies, they're making like a, it's great Japanese products. And I'm using the, uh, their the signature Japanese wafers to like making the, the third cone fillings and also like a miso peanut with a Japanese mille, misa kubo x4 mille to like you know deserving the two kinds of uh, the little appetizer here sounds delicious yes thank you is this your first time out here at this event yes first time at the chefs in champagne but i know this event i'm kind of dreaming to be here but it's you know like i have a great opportunity to be here for this year very exciting yeah, well, and how long have you been with, with John George? Almost like eight years now. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's so four years in the city, New York, and for almost four years in Tokyo. It's well, been long. That is. Yeah. Okay, so one more question. Now, next time I get to, to Tokyo, yes. where should I where should I eat? Where should you eat? Well, well I mean, that's, a, that's like a loaded question. I think I can take you like a, some super local place in Asakusa. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to take you up on that. What type of cuisine? Yes. Japanese? Japanese, really Japanese, (laughs) like a Japanese street food. Okay. Okay. We're on for that. Well, thank you so much. Thank you very much. I'm Galen Zamara, chef at Moss Farmhouse and also opening this summer the Halyard in Greenport. The Halyard. Well, what is the concept of the Halyard? So the Halyard is uh, in... 
well, Greenport is in the North Fork of Long Island, and the Halyard's going to focus on a lot of the local bounty that's out there. So starting with the seafood, the local wines, and all the farms that are out here. Um, it's going to be a mix between New England-style seafood and some American retro classics. Uh, fun, casual setting right overlooking Long Island Sound. Cool. Why did you choose to open a restaurant there? Well, it's part of this really great property that I've known for years, uh, which is part of the hotel, which is called the Soundview Greenport. Uh, and it was an old property that has a beautiful view and a lot of potential. And it was recently purchased by uh, a new hotel group that renovated it. They just finished the renovations. And so beautiful new rooms, beautiful new dining room and kitchen. It has event space. It has a fun bar with a piano and cocktail lounge. There's a lot of opportunity on it. A little more than a standalone restaurant would have had. So that's what right. was appealing to me for. So we're here at Chefs in Champagne. How many, how many years have you participated in this event? I've actually only done this once before. Okay. Um, so, and it was a while ago, so good to be back. Um, I vote, this is my second time at Chefs in Champagne, yeah. so good to be back myself. Well, you know what? They're so good at it now, and they make it very easy for the New York City chefs to come out, mm -hmm. uh, which is hard. Um, and so I'll probably be doing it more. I'm very happy with it. Yeah. Plus, you know, it's right. nice having this other, the Halyard restaurant out here on the East End. Anyways, it's, it's the, the visibility down to the Hamptons is great. Oh, absolutely. So what are you serving today? Today we're serving a, a classic Moss Farmhouse dish called Trout Piscator. So it's trout stuffed with a smoked trout and watercress mousseline. It's poached, and it goes with a salad, a watercress, an apple with a little horseradish dressing. Sounds delicious. It so. is. Well, thank you. So good to see you. Great to see you, too. Hi, I'm Shane McBride from Balthazar and Augustine Restaurant. Uh, we're doing rabbit rillettes with summer vegetables and pickles, a uh, little crostini thing, and keeping it nice and simple for the summer. Is this something you do at one of your restaurants? We do rabbit rillettes every once in a while at Balthazar, yeah. Yeah. Not very often, but we do it. So how are you managing between Augustine and Balthazar now? Uh, actually, Balthazar... I've been spending a little bit more time there lately. I spent about eight months straight at Augustine. And it's kind of, you know, it's like raising a baby. Once it gets to a certain point, it kind of runs better. And my co-chef, Chino, spends every day there. So I've kind of broken back to Balthazar and Church with E and checking in on the other restaurants. Yeah, well, I'm a big fan. I'm due to come back to everything. Awesome. How many, um, how many years have you participated in Chefs and Champagne? Uh... About oh, many. <laughs> I came to the first one. Okay. I think I've probably done eight or nine. Now this year we're here. This is my other restaurant, Pig Beach. My partner in that. Oh, okay. So Shelly put us together. Oh, fun. nice. Yeah. What are you serving with Pig Beach? Uh, he's doing deviled eggs, barbecue deviled eggs over there. Cool. I have not been there yet. Yeah, we have Pig Beach and Pig Bleaker. I've been to Pig Bleaker. Yeah. It's yeah. So. It's fun. No, it's all and delicious. So, well, thanks. Cool. Good, nice Good to see you. you. Yeah, likewise.
Hey, like what you hear? Heritage Radio Network has plenty more. With fresh programming every week, we've got something for everyone. Trying to start your own food business? Concerned about where your food comes from? Looking for the best wine or beer to bring to a party? Find our shows on iTunes or Stitcher, or head to heritageradionetwork.org to listen live and subscribe to our newsletter. Okay, welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer. It's time for my solo dining experience. This week, it's at Cowfish. Here's the rundown. The location, 258 East Montauk Highway, Hamptons Bay, New York. The concept, stylish spot with rustic furnishings, pairing seafood and sushi with canal views from patio tables. Why did I go? Because it was on my drive back from the Hamptons to New York City, and Infatuation, the website, had it on their best restaurants list. My experience. So I arrived on an early Sunday evening. I found a nice solo stool seat on the balcony by the bar overlooking the water and boats. The weather was just perfect for alfresco dining. I ordered at the bar and then my food was brought out to me at my seat and I sat back and enjoyed. What did I get? So I was seriously craving a lobster roll and I didn't see it on the menu, but I asked if they had it. Apparently they only have it at lunch, but the bartender found out from the kitchen that they would be able to get me my lobster roll. So I ordered one and I also had a club soda. My take hit the spot. It was quite a large lobster roll. It was super fresh lobster on a really nice bun. And it came with those crispy thin fries that you just want to eat the whole plate of the ambiance casual two story white country house on the water with a patio deck on the second floor. I'd say it's perfect for a seafood with a view. Interesting tidbit. The restaurant is valet only. Why? I'm not sure. Maybe it's a Hamptons thing. Personal fun fact. I was in the Hamptons over the weekend, not only for chefs and champagne, but to go to dinner at EMP Summer House with my past guest, Carolyn Richmond, and her friend. And it was really awesome. I would highly recommend if you can get, get out there this summer to go. It was lovely to see Will Gadara and Christina Tosi and Leo Robichek. Robert, that's not how you say his last name. Robert's check? Maybe. Okay. And also sitting nearby was Alex P. Keaton. If you're as old as I am and you can make the reference to family ties, you'll know what I'm talking about. So I had a little celebrity sighting, which was cool. The cost was $36.50. And yes, that lobster roll was quite expensive, but I did enjoy it. Would I go back? Yes. The website is cowfishrestaurant.com. I could go for a lobster roll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was craving it. It was delicious. I feel like it's a Hamptons-y summer thing. That's it. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> so, okay. Time for the final question. So, uh, we're going on summer break here at Heritage Radio. So, my next show is going to be after Labor Day, and I'm going to be having on Andrew Knowlton. He's the deputy editor of Bon Appetit magazine. His uh, BA Top 10 hot list is going to be coming out very soon. So, I'm sure we'll, we'll get to talk about that. So, Jason, what would you like to mm. ask Andrew? Hmm. So he's probably been working in food forever, I'm assuming. Let's say, yeah. let's say, I don't know, Elon Musk comes out with something and all of a sudden we're able to, he invented some machine where humans don't need food anymore and everybody's on it and everybody's out of business. So now he can't do anything with food. What would he do? Okay. I'll find out. 
I have a feeling he has like something or like a hobby or something. He I would hope like want to be a race car driver or something. <laughs> I'm, from, like, I'm answering a, the question yeah, yeah. for him. He's from Atlanta too, right? Do you know? I don't know. I think he is. He may be. Yeah. I can ask him that All as right. well. Cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> and that's the show. All right. That's it. Nice. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been fun. And congratulations on your whole career. I'm always uh, always impressed with people who work for themselves and have have. Are doing it. It's good at times. It's terrible at other times. But uh, right now it's good. So good moods all around. Good moods. Thank you. So my guest today has been Jason Wright. He's the founder of J. Wright Design, a New York-based graphic and web design studio for industries including restaurants and hospitality. You can follow him on social media at yes. J. Wright Design. And his website is jwrightdesign.com. And that's J W R I. G-H-T design. Perfect. So you got it. I got the that whole was great. thing. <laughs> chefs, and, chefs and Champagne uh, is is at Beard Foundation and their website's jamesbeard.org if you want to find out more about that. And you can find me at Sherry Bayer, at Bayer PR, at All Industry. My Facebook page is All in the Industry and my websites are BayerPublicRelations.com and SherryBayer.com. You can also find all of our archive shows at HeritageRadioNetwork.org we are also on iTunes and Stitcher. So many thanks again to Jason and to the chefs and champagne people I had on the show, to Shelly Minaj, to Humio Onizawa, to Galen Zamara, and Shane McBride. Thank you so much. It was a really wonderful event. And thanks always to my engineer today, David. Now we're going on summer break. So... Enjoy your August. My next live show is going to be after Labor Day on Wednesday, September 13th at 4 p.m. Hope you'll tune in then. I'm Sherry Bayer. Thank you for being part of All in the Industry. Bye. listening to heritage radio network food radio supported by you for our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events subscribe to our newsletter enter your email at the bottom of our website heritageradionetwork.org connect with us on facebook instagram and twitter at heritage underscore radio heritage radio network is a non-profit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. On the top of the hill you see hey.